Support for WRFA is brought to you in part by listeners like you, who believe in the vital public service WRFA provides through its arts and education programming, as well as through our coverage of local news and public affairs. Plus, your generous support lets us provide a number of volunteer-based programs to be shared on our airwaves. Help keep community radio in Jamestown and Chautauqua County alive by making a contribution today. To make a tax-deductible donation or learn more about becoming a station underwriter, use the donate page on our website, wrfalp.com, or send a check to WRFA Radio, 116 East 3rd Street, Jamestown, New York. Or you can call 716-664-2465. Burton and Lujudis consultants Jamie Burchard and Dave Haney present on how they plan to investigate the feasibility of a boat user fee for Chautauqua Lake. For those who don't know me, County Executive Wendell, apologize a few minutes late. We just got done, had a meeting with CLA and CLP, so the lake is something I'm very passionate about and have been. Lived here for 47 years. I am not born and bred in Chautauqua County. Uh, I don't even know when my career started with the village of Lakewood as a trustee, so on the lake and understanding the lake issues that have been going on. Member of the legislature for 11 years before I became county executive. I've been here now for four years, excuse me, eight years in the legislature. Now this is my third or fourth year as county executive. I'm in the second year of a four-year term. Um, so at the end of 2025, I will have been county executive for six years. That 17-mile body of water that we see out behind us is a massive economic engine. The IDA, or excuse me, our financial has talked about $282 million of, of revenue to Chautauqua County. If you couple that with the Chautauqua Institution, who would not or probably wouldn't be in existence without Chautauqua Lake, to the tune of another 350 or $380 million, that's half a billion dollars from that piece of water out there, not to mention property taxes, etc. So we understand everybody's passion. Um, this isn't a Hatfields and McCoys, an us versus them, me versus you. This is a start of, a, of an analysis and a study done, I shouldn't say another study, it's not enough studying the lake again. We're doing research and getting information on this boat user fee. Again, obviously we know that a taxing district was voted down. The group that was uh, charged with that voted to no longer proceed with that, understandable. Um, But just airing some information tonight, whether you agree or disagree, uh, we need to be civil with these things, okay? that's where this, we understand discussion, we understand debate. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're starting this process. We'll wait for the report for Barton Little Judas, and then there's other steps. By no means are we solving this issue tonight. Are we creating questions, answers? We're going to be going with input from Barton Little Judas as we move forward. But they will do diligence, their due diligence, and get out and speak to people. I know there's people that have spoken to us that are in complete favor. I know there's people that are completely, absolutely against us with every bane of their existence. I get it. I'll couple that with the information I I stopped today. Four o'clock this afternoon, I was told, man, you would not believe the lake. The worst I've seen it in years. I I just, you you need to understand this. And I showed my staff yesterday, I got an an email from somebody in Burnish Bay who said, I don't know what you've done with the lake, but it's great, keep doing it. (laughs) Okay. 10, 12 miles apart, but I have two differing opinions. So, yes, there are differences opinion, of opinion as to what's happening, where it's happening, so on and so forth. Okay, Mother Nature's controlling that. And as much as we're trying to understand it, we won't completely understand it. But having said that, we understand funding, and we understand that's a major concern going forward. 
Now, some of the people have spoken up, and I want to help some clarification. They said, why do we need to bring in more money if we know right now that the alliance and the efforts we put into Chautauqua Lake maintenance and treatments, whether it's watershed projects or in-lake maintenance, is about $3 million. Why do we need any more than that? Well, because the people that are in this business, if you will, know there's a finite amount of money. Are there other projects out there? Possibly. If you talk to people around Finley Lake, they've got things they want to do in Finley Lake, but Finley Lake is often overlooked because they're not Chautauqua Lake. They're not the lake. People on Lake Erie have a completely different opinion of their lake and where it's going. So at the end of the day, there are a lot of other opportunities for in-lake or watershed projects that haven't been brought to the table because we don't have the funding. If we have the funding, if this grows, could we do that? Yes. But again, there's, this isn't etched in stone that there's going to be a decision made tonight, proposed to the legislature next month, and we're going to vote on it. This is something we're taking our time with, and we've said that from the very beginning. This will not happen now, maybe not even happen as soon as, you know, January of next year. But we want to take our time and our due diligence. Quite frankly, we know it's definitely not going to happen in January of next year because the Assembly and let Senate do not go back into session until January. And they aren't going to come back to vote on this prior. So we want to get our homework done. We want to do the research. We want to talk to people. We have Barton and LeJudas here who've been charged with this task. Very reputable group. Very, you know, they know their business. We're not, I'm sitting back. They'll bring the report and we'll go from there. Members of the legislature here, I thank them for being here. I've got town officials here. Thank you again as well for being in Concerned Citizens. That's what this is about. Okay, so at the end of the day, um, discussions will be had. We have an open time today, but I'm going to turn it over now to Barton and LeJudas. We'll let them take it away. We'll give the presentation and we'll go on. Thank you very much for those opening remarks. Uh, my name is Jamie Burchard. I am the Senior Managing Community Planner at Barton LeJudas. Um, with, me, with me here tonight is uh, Dave Haney, um, who's an associate in our Rochester office. We are going to be talking to you tonight about the project um, and why we have been brought on to collect the information and the research. Um, as the county executive so eloquently introduced the concept, this is a research and information gathering exercise. We have been tasked to collect information and data. That's our number one priority and task, is to collect that information about the evaluation of a potential boat user fee. A lot of information and research is necessary to understand the feasibility of this. The number one priority is to even understand if this is feasible legally. Are we able to pursue this as a funding mechanism? We would need to get special New York State special legislative process to pursue this as an option. We do not have an answer as of right now whether or not that's feasible. So number one task is to find out that information, to speak to many different people and authorities, whether it be from different state agencies, legislators, to understand attorneys, to understand the legal feasibility of being able to use that as a mechanism to create a long-term funding mechanism 
for lake protection and maintenance. Number two, to understand boat users. So if we are thinking about the potential of a fee for boat users, we have to have some understanding of that quantity, approximating that information. Currently, that data does not exist. It has not been compiled comprehensively for the lake. We are gonna to speak to various stakeholders, private, public stakeholders around the lake to have a better understanding of the approximate number of boat users that use Chautauqua Lake. And number three, understanding that number, that quantification moving forward, if we were to, again, understand the feasibility of creating such a mechanism, understanding the approximate number of boat users, moving forward, what are the funding scenarios that could be created to, again, think about that long-term funding mechanism for lake protection and maintenance efforts. So right up front, those are our quick facts. So to set the stage of what we plan on telling you tonight of why we have been brought on to study, to collect that information and bring that information back to you at the end of that process. Again, information and data gathering. Here are some potential questions that we seek answers to as well. Number one, the first priority is understanding that process. Is it feasible? If we have an answer to that, we can move forward with the following questions. How much funding could be raised through a boat user fee? What does a boat user fee potentially cost? Looking at some examples. The framework for collection, enforcement, and allocation of that funding. And lastly, the type of projects that the collected fees could potentially be used for. So those are the questions that our team will be looking into. So what is our current understanding of the legislative process? We are just beginning this journey and we are starting to collect this information because right now it's in various places and it hasn't been comprehensively looked at anywhere really in the state to our current understanding. There's a lot of conversations and dialogue that needs to happen. What we do know is that this exploratory conversation is that it does concern matters of state concern and that we do understand that local government home rule power brings into account the idea of matters of state concern. So in that regards, we do know to some degree that this boat user fee idea would likely need to be granted by the state legislature. We know that as far as we can tell based upon that current regulatory framework. We've had some conversations, preliminary conversations with state agencies, uh, just one to date with Department of State, Department of Environmental Conservation, Office of General Services. We do know uh, that uh, the underwater land is owned by the people of New York State, OGS, having that conversation, which is why a permit would be necessary, residential commercial utility, to uh, basically have uh, access to underwater land rights. So we know about that. 
Um, we do know about navigation law that there is some level of authority that a shoreline jurisdiction can regulate the operation and speed of vessels on a body of water up to 1,500 feet out. So there's something there with navigation law. We do know that, the, again, the underwater land rights are also captured in New York public lands law. We do know that New York State agencies, such as Department of State, do provide funding for boat launches, that there are various jurisdictions that charge for use of boat launch fees, whether it be at the municipal level, a town, a village, um, state boat launches do charge fees. We do understand that fees need to be reasonable. They cannot be cost prohibitive. They need to be done in concert with neighboring jurisdictions. So we do know this information going into this project up front. So now let me describe to you what we have been charged to do. This is our scope of work right here. We've had our internal kickoff as of August 1st, so <coughs> sitting here on the 15th, being the first public information meeting, there will be two. One at the beginning of the process and one at the end. This is to tell you again what information we plan on garnering during this process and who we, who we intend on speaking to. We will conduct case study research based on looking at other jurisdictions that have successfully used a boat user fee framework. We will also talk to various stakeholders around Chautauqua Lake, whether again they be uh, public or private stakeholders, to have a better understanding of boat users in the lake. We're not conducting a census. We're not gonna come back to you in a few months from now to tell you how many people are using Chautauqua Lake. We are gonna come back and tell you the information that is available comprehensively and what gaps exist. Because until you find out the approximate number of lake users for boats, you cannot come up with any type of funding scenario for a collection of a fee. So we have to be able to speak to stakeholders to understand that information. I think ultimately this, partic this particular project can yield other data that can be used by the county in many other ways as well. We are gonna speak to political leaders as needed. So if there needs to be an opportunity to speak with any New York State legislators, we have accommodated for that time as we come up and find that information. We will provide an analysis, obviously, with some recommendations based along the conversations, and then we will have a summary of findings report. The end date for this is sometime in the spring of 2024, and there will be a second public information meeting. We will come and present the information from that findings. At this point, I'd like to turn it over to uh, Dave Haney, who will talk about, again, some of the existing data that we are aware of. Thanks, Jamie. So as Jamie mentioned, as uh, County Executive Wendell mentioned, we're just starting. We're just starting to collect this data. So I know you all have a lot of questions. We probably have very similar questions. Um, but some of the information that we do know 
Um, one of the drivers here is, again, trying to figure out how many boat users there are in the lake. This is just one snapshot. This is from the CLA, <coughs> uh, Chautauqua Lake Association's uh, boat steward program associated with aquatic invasive species control. And we've got the last three years, 2019 through 2021, of data. Now, this isn't all-encompassing for all of the boats on the lake. These are just where the stewards made observations and made counts at certain launches. And just I'm going to start at 2019, which is on the right-hand side. And you can see there's approximately 7,000 uh, powered boats. Uh, the number below that, um, personal watercraft would be like a jet ski, um, you know, 500 or so. And then you get into um, non-motorized boats. And the total boat usage was roughly 10,000 in 2019. I think it's very interesting that if you look at 2020, we all knew there were some changes going on that year with COVID and a huge spike. Um, the overall number of boat users almost doubled um, from 2019 to 2020. And then um, 2021, the numbers kind of reverted um, back to the, the pre-COVID conditions. So again, this is just some baseline information um, that we know, you know there could be 10, 20,000 boats just from the observations. Um, that the CLA made. And this could be, you know, one boat multiple times. Um, so this doesn't mean it's 20,000 different boats on, on the lake. So another source of information is um, the county um, boat registration. And last year, this is from New York State Office of Parks, Recreation, and Historical Places. Last year, there were a total of 6,500 boats registered in Chautauqua County. So one might say, well, there's probably 6,500 boats using the lake. Of course, we all know, um, as County Executive Wendell mentioned, the economic driver that the lake is, and we know that there's a lot of boats coming in using the lake from outside the county. So this number, 6,500, uh, we believe is, is definitely underestimated. Um, boats are typically registered in the, in the county they're purchased or, or the homeowner lives in. Um, so this wouldn't account for any out-of-county folks bringing their, their watercraft into the region. Another source of data that we find is very interesting on the bottom, I know it's tough to read, uh, but this is just a snapshot from the 2011 Local water, uh, Waterfront Revitalization Program, LWRP. This data, again, is 10 years old, uh, and this is just a snapshot. This is the accessible access points on the lake. And I've got nine listed here, but back in 2011 when the LWRP was first done, there's 27. This list goes to 27. And what's important to note about this is it's a mix of private marinas, um, public launching points at the town level, village level, um, New York State, DEC, access points. So as Jamie mentioned, a big part of this project is going to be reaching out to stakeholders and trying to get more information and talking to the individuals. I know some of the names and, and locate marinas have changed, but we will be reaching out to all of the owners, whether they're public or private, um, for lake access points. Another thing that we want to stress um, in the study is who else is doing this? Um, let's look at some case studies. And we've got a few examples here that Jamie's going to walk through. It's very important to note that there are some similarities, but no two entities are the same. So, you know, this is, as Jamie mentioned, a special legislative process 
that would likely need to be undertaken. So there are things that we can learn, and some of them are here in New York State. Uh, Lake George has a, a boat um, and dock user fee. Uh, Saratoga Lake uh, has a boat user fee. And then there's a couple outside of New York State as well, one that we'll talk about in Illinois and another in Louisiana. But again, this is kind of new stuff. There's not a lot of examples out here. The Lake, <clears throat> the, the Lake George and Saratoga example, although they are in New York State, uh, there are differences with the county. Um, Lake George is in the Adirondack Park. They have a Lake George Commission set up, um, so that allows them to do some things um, differently. And similar with Saratoga Lake, they actually formed a district, uh, which allows them to take some different measures to collect fees. So we're just going to walk through a couple of these case studies, starting with Lake George. Come on up, Jane. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm back. Okay. I'll stay with you. Okay. So one of the things to keep in mind, again, is that the Lake George Park Commission was created through environmental conservation law. So there are certain, um, you know, differences that we don't necessarily have at our fingertips here in Chautauqua County. Um, this commission, which has commission members, which are appointed by the governor, um, basically is looking at, um, in totality, the preservation of the Lake George area, right? So there's just, there's other fundamental um, abilities that have been designated to the Lake George Park Commission. So the boat user fee is just a small part of that. And so one of the things, again, we want to make mention to, again, is that this particular commission was created through environmental conservation law. So we don't, we don't have that. That's, we're not, that's not how we're looking to move forward through our legislative process. But what we did want to glean and what we did want to present to you here this evening is an understanding of how the boat user fee is used. Uh, the Lake George Park Commission does not receive funding through the, the general fund. So any of the fees that are collected through their amenities are, is what basically their funding mechanism is, is utilized for. So as you can see here in the, in, the, in the figures, and I'll just kind of reach through these if you cannot see from the back of the room there. So you're looking from anywhere from 40 to about um, $140. And on average, a boat user fee is about $50 per year for, again, uh, a user for um, Lake George. And that's an yeah, annual, annual fee. On average. And those high numbers, the 140, the, the column on the left are for boats that are staying overnight, and the column on the right is just for day use. So the day use is um, between 50 and 73 bucks a year. The other uh, example, and yet we have not reached out to any of these case study examples either. So this is on our to-do list, is to have interviews with these stakeholders as well, these case study examples. Uh, the other is the Saratoga Lake Protection and Improvement District. So this is a particular lake that did move forward with special state legislation to create a district in 1986. Um, it did not go the county route. It went through an intermunicipal route. So it's the uh, shoreline municipalities of the uh, city of Saratoga Spring, Stillwater, Malta, and Saratoga. In this particular situation, they have on their website, so if you want to take a look at um, this in particular, it's available. 
They do have draft laws available for a boat user fee as well as for a dock and mooring fee. We do not know where in the process they are at with this legislation. I think that would be a very good conversation to have. Um, basically, it looks like they started this uh, research project uh, back in 2011. So again, they would be a really good stakeholder for us to reach out to and figure out um, what is kind of slowing down this process and why has it not moved forward. Uh, but again, we want to point out to you that the, um, the annual fees are relatively uh, inexpensive. We've got boat length less than 21 feet for $15 an annual fee um, to over 30 feet, which is $35.50. 75 for, it, it, that, it, that also depends if you live within the district or not. So if you are a resident of the city of Saratoga Springs or the towns of Malta, Stillwater, or Saratoga, you get a reduced rate. So just for example, if you live with, within the district, uh, a 30 foot boat would be 3550. If you're outside the district, it would be $75. <coughs> The other case study that we've been able to find is in Illinois, and this uh, agency essentially is, uh, cre has been created for the purpose of uh, tourism and for recreation purposes. There are 15 interconnected lakes, um, and they've come up with this boat user fee using a sticker approach uh, to collect fees that would help for tourism, um, again, being able to do environmental projects, I did want to make a point to uh, indicate that the Fox Waterway Agency does have a board of directors. Um, and some of the projects they do um, pursue are dredging. So this is a fairly large agency that has been equipped with various uh, funding mechanisms uh, to move forward to uh, successfully achieve these types of projects for lake quality, ultimately for uh, tourism purposes. Uh, again, we have not reached out to any of the agency members, but just something to point out in that, again, some of the fees are uh, for a Class A motor-powered boat, uh, $60. A Class B would be uh, personal watercraft and jet skis, $125. Class C motor-powered boats over 15, greater than 25 feet in length, not exceeding 30 feet in length, uh, $210. Um, class E motor-powered boats over 15 and greater than 30 feet in length, 250. So this has been, um, uh, you know, an example of one that has been a fairly more aggressive uh, user fee structure. Um, but I do understanding that they do uh, pursue projects such as dredging, which we all know are fairly expensive. So that could account for the amount of um, money for that particular fee. But yet we have not had conversations with this group. Yeah, one other interesting thing just to point out um, for the Fox Waterway, they do have an uh, excess charge for vo boats coming in from out of state. So if there's an additional fee um, if you're bringing a boat in from, from outside Illinois. And our last example uh, is from Louisiana, and I'm gonna go ahead and go for it. We've decided that we're gonna call it Bayou de Barnet, <laughs> Lake Watershed <laughs> District. If I said that incorrectly, if anyone's familiar, please let me know, <laughs> but that's what we agreed on. <laughs> but again, um, this particular watershed district is very similar to uh, Lake George Park Commission in that the state of Louisiana, this was a man-made lake, uh, and it was created for recreation as well as water supply. Uh, sources uh, for neighboring jurisdictions 
And interestingly, it was created through uh, the Louisiana State Legislature. So again, very similar. Uh, they do have commission members, and um, they do, uh, again, provide that uh, fees for boat users. And one thing we wanted to notice uh, in this particular case example is that they do have provisions for senior citizens and veterans as well. So that's something that we will be conscious of when we look at um, potential funding streams are, again, how are these being set up across other case studies? So those are, that, again, is a snapshot of some potential uh, stakeholders for case studies that we plan to reach out to. If anyone here in the audience has other examples of places um, organizations that we should reach out to that are using this type of boat user fee, uh, we'd be happy to take your suggestions and, and give them a call and find out how it's working for them. Next steps, where do we go from here this evening? So our team will go ahead and begin tasks two and three, and this is where the research and information gathering uh, tasks begin. We are going to be reaching out to various stakeholders around the lake. We have an internal project team uh, made up of, uh, again, uh, of county representatives, and we have put together a list of uh, different agencies and people that we should reach out to and a list of questions as well. Um, so again, these are just some examples of uh, the public and private partners that we will be having conversations with. Uh, the emphasis of this project, again, we have two public information meetings. Really, a lot of the public outreach is going to be with these interviews. So um, if you have examples or, again, um, individuals that we should be speaking to about collecting information about boat users and how they use the lake and to kind of figure out the numbers, we'd be happy to take your suggestions here tonight. But again, I do want to emphasize that we are not doing a boat census in this project. We are really here to kind of understand the dynamics at play, information gathering, and be able to potentially um, look at the gaps. Um, maybe one of the recommendations is for um, to do a boat census. We don't know. Um, that could be a potential recommendation at the end of this project. Um, but we hope to figure out some of those uh, questions at the end. Uh, the deliverables that we intend on providing back to the county would be having a better understanding of what that special legislative process is. Uh, again, that's very important because we may not be able to advance very far at all if the answer is no. We hope to get an opinion um, from a, a state agency on this uh, feasibility. Our initial conversations, I feel, were very positive. Um, none of the state agencies seem to think that it was not feasible, but we just don't understand what the legal framework is right now. So we, we really do hope to get to the bottom of this, and uh, I think it's exciting for Chautauqua Lake to be a leader in this type of information and research gathering project. So kudos to the county for thinking proactively and uh, providing that uh, ability to do that research gathering, uh, because again, a lot of lakes across New York State are struggling with the very same issues we have here in Chautauqua Lake. So I think being a leader in that is very important. Uh, number two, doing that very uh, high level case study research to again have a good understanding by talking to some of those uh, individuals and stakeholders on how that boat user fee uh, system is working out for their organization. 
Uh, we do plan on putting together a matrix. So we will have uh, interviews with stakeholders that we've outlined and we will put together that comp compilation of information based on those interviews. Funding scenarios, based on the information that we get after we speak to the stakeholders, is there, can we figure out a, a number? Can we put together some scenarios if we were to charge uh, a certain amount of uh, an annual fee to a voter? What, what, would that number, what would that number be? What's that generation? Um, that's kind of some of the information we plan on figuring out as well, these funding scenarios. What, what, what are we looking at for an annual collection? Um, and again, finally, putting forward all of our recommendations and findings into a report. Uh, ultimately, I think information can be used to move forward to explore the feasibility of a boat user fee, but I'm also very confident that the information that we gather by speaking to the various stakeholders around the lake can also provide answers to other projects and questions that the county has as well. So I think this effort is a very good fact-finding exercise. And then finally, we'll have a public information meeting at the end of the process sometime in, in late spring to report out to you all on what we find. So next steps. Um, again, this is our summary slide, and I invite um, the county executive to come up. And uh, I'm sure folks in the audience might have a question as to kind of what happens at the end of that. So we, you, you do a summary of findings report. Um, where do you go from there? So we will have a public information meeting. We'll report out what we find. Um, we will give that summary of findings report to the county. Um, and then from there, uh, it will be evaluated and a decision will be made as to what to do next. We don't really know. And again, I invite the county executive if you have any further thoughts to add on this summary slide. No, and Jamie said it made a good point. You know, we're, we will step back and look at what the information tells us. Um, you know, the, the other option that we do have available is the power of the people. Does this come to a public referendum? Does it come on up to a vote? We have elections uh, this year. Will there be a presidential election next year? Obviously, bigger voter turnout. Is this something that people would like to rather see? Let's look at the data. This is where it is. And let's look. Again, those options are there. Um, I haven't spoken with our Board of Elections, uh, but I don't know as if the, the challenge would be great. Um, but again, we just don't know. This is... You know, the, the article, I'm, I can tell you personally, yes, I've received emails. Over my dead body, will I ever pay a lake fee in Chautauqua Lake? Okay, that's great. I've had people that say, I'll pay $200, but I also want you to ban jet skis. I got people that say, you have to have a speed limit on the lake. You have to have a, a, a limit to the size of boats. You know, I, I can tell you, a friend of mine's parents purchased a Cobalt 22-foot open bow in 1987 with a 454 was one of the fastest boats on Chautauqua Lake. At that time, the marina said, we haven't sold a boat this big this fast. Go out there now. I've seen people that have fishing boats, you know, 28, 30 feet with three 225s on the back. 750, 725 horsepower on Chautauqua Lake? I don't know if it's necessary, but again, there's a multitude of things. But this is research. We're, we're asking the questions. We're putting things out there. There is no decision made. There's no preconceived notion in my head. I can tell you right now. We're looking at this as options. You know, one option was the, the district that was started. We felt there was a lot of people that looked and supported that. As you know, that did not move forward. The people spoke. Again, so we're looking at this. We're going to ask the questions. Barton Lynn Judas will ask those questions. You know, they, they're the experts at these kind of research studies. We'll leave it up to them. Uh, but again, you know, as far as my position right now, and again, this is the legislature. 
We also have to bring this up, and as Jamie has said, and Dave, we have to, this has to be, have approval from New York State. So we have to sit down and make sure that we are moving forward. If, if it comes back and says, you know, the census isn't going to get happened in New York State, okay, it could be dead in the water. We don't know, okay? Those are all things that we are looking to find. So there is no, right now, no con preconceived anything. You know, comments of, you made up your decision, you're bringing it. I have not. I can look every one of you in the face. I have not made a decision to this. That's why we have employed Barton and the Judas. We started with the, the Lake Taxing District. We understood and listened to people's response. Now we're moving and we're going to pivot in this next direction. But I can tell you this. My commitment is to working collaboratively, collaboratively for that lake. A unified effort has been my position from day one. That lake brings in a lot of money property taxes. It brings in revenue, okay, fishing license, boating license, you know, dragon boat races. We never had a dragon boat race on Chautauqua Lake 20 years ago. <clears throat> but if you talk to people that are around here, we had multiple, multiple sailing regattas on this lake over the decades. We had one of the best muskie fisheries. We have walleye fishing. We have bass tournaments on this lake. Does anybody know how many bass tournaments are run on this lake in a year? Anybody from the fishing group? I was told almost 20. Blew my mind. 20 bass fishing tournaments on the Chautauqua Lake? Didn't know that. Last week, we had a group of fishermen that were on Lake Erie, the, the Eastern Lake Erie Charter Boats Association. Waves were too big on Lake Erie, they decided they're gonna come down to fish in Chautauqua Lake. So we understand the importance of that body of water. If we knew the answers, We'd be further ahead than we are right now. You know, but I can tell you this. You all are here because you have a passion for that lake. I just left a meeting with two different lake organizations. We all can agree a deep passion for this lake. And that is what I'm here to do. The legislators that represent the lake, those areas immediately adjacent to the lake, but all legislators in this county, because they realize the importance of that lake. We have sat down. Myself, Chairman Chagnon, Dave McCoy, Mark Geis. We sat with Senator Schumer. We sat with Senator Gillibrand. We've sat with Congressman Langworthy. They know the importance of this lake. I feel excited. I talked to my counterpart in Albany. He goes, you got into his office? I don't get any further than the lobby of the senator's office. Yes, we were inside Senator Schumer's office. He looked and talked to Pierre Chagnon. He goes, he goes, I remember, Pierre, this is a priority of yours, and we're going to continue the effort. We're not stopping. We want to continue, okay? So, again, there's where we're at. Next steps tonight, did you have? Yep. We have some note cards that I'm going to pass around for questions. So, please let me know. Uh, raise your hand if you have questions. time but um, you know we'd like to respect your time and if we can move through in an hour great that's about another 20 minutes if we need to stay longer uh, I'm committed to listen and stay and there will be an opportunity for you know folks joining um, through the live stream this video will be posted and you can continue to send emails um, to the county executive at the email address chqlake at chqgov.com and that, that email address is solely for yes, solely this, for this, solely yes, for this project. project.
It seems to me that without a census, you you have no basis for projecting potential income. And I, I'm wondering why the a census of, of boats on the lake is not already in your plan. That could be a recommendation to conduct a census, but how to conduct the census would have to be the next question, because I'm sure there's various ways to do that. Right now, to our knowledge, there does there is no one entity, and please, someone correct me if I'm wrong, are we looking comprehensively or cumulatively at the boats on the lake? Are we collecting data on that? No. And I, you know, I think, you know, to that point, you know, that I feel comfortable that we'll be able to come up with a, an approximation that, that has some, you know, based in some fact. I mean, there is a lot of observations, whether it's through the CLA or other organizations that are collecting some data. And this is something that's going to be a priority when we have these stakeholder interviews to try to tease out that number. But we will provide an approximation, but, but we all have to understand that that is you know, based on um, the limited uh, data that we have. And as Jamie has mentioned a couple times, perhaps a census data is warranted um, for the next steps. But I think just to kind of take a step back, the number one priority here is to understand the process, the legislative process. So it, you know, until we understand that and know that this project can have some legs, it may not warrant to, to do the census. So really the kind of the highest arching goal is to understand the legislative process and the feasibility of, of a boat user um, being passed. You can't start out with a boat census if we don't know if it's if we're even legally able to set up a formula as such. Yeah. So I think that is the reason why the boat census <coughs> was not the first priority, right? And what we hope to have a better understanding about um, is who is, you know, how, how are we collecting the data on the lake? Uh, again, I, I see the information that we are gathering from the stakeholders um, being used in a multitude of different ways. Um, in addition to obviously looking into a potential boat user fee, um, but data is good to have for lots of reasons. Um, I'm sure that information can be used for uh, funding uh, for grant applications, you know. So again, I think just having a conversation with stakeholders, um, understanding uh, again the points of access. Um, are we collecting um, launch fees at those sites? Who's collecting launch fees? Um, okay, you know, all that information is kind of what we need to figure out. Um, marina operators, how many slips do you have? Are they? transient? Are they full-time? I mean, this is kind of lots of different information that we hope to get and pull together and have, um, be able to tell a, a story about, uh, again, how the lake is being used by, by the boats. So. Yeah, I can tell you one of the things, I, I guess maybe I'm out of the loop, right? 17 years ago, I sold my boat. I would take my boat out. I'd wade around in the water up at Sandy Bottom, enjoy myself and go home. I bought my new house with a four-foot pool. I walk out in the back, I wait around in the water, I have a good time, and I'm not spending $100 or more on fuel and food, et cetera. So everybody makes choices, right? So again, I was also told my boat fee, my slip at the marina for a 22-foot cuddy cabin was $440. I was told this weekend you can't find a boat slip for under $1,200 on this lake. Is there truth to that? I don't know. That's what I've been told from people. 
Friends of ours are paying $1,200 for a boat slip for the lake. So when you couple a $1,200 boat slip and you're talking county executive with another fee, you're driving people out. We need to understand that data, okay? To, to uh, John's point with a census, how do we do that? Do we all jump in, uh, do we get 15 boats and say, these are the sections and I want you to count every boat that's in a dock or in a slip? If that's what needs to be done, we could do that. Or do we have everybody just send us an email? If you live on Chautauqua Lake, you have a boat docked on Chautauqua Lake in your own, whether it's on, in a marina or at your private residence, please inform us. Another way we can do it without physically going out there, but will people give us the information? You know, as you saw, one of the years there were 19,000 boats. I, you know, we've already been told that was my boat four times, somebody said to me. Okay, so it, it's a challenge, okay? But we, again, as Jamie said and Dave, you know, we need to go back to the very beginning. Is this practical? Is this statutorily possible? If not, then that changes the scope of things as well. We'll get to the questions. What is point of contact for recommendations and requests for stakeholder interviews? Again, best way to do it would be to contact that email. We will be monitoring that email and we will get in touch with the person. If you said this is a group of us uh, that you know would like that could meet, you know, we'll bring it up to, to Jamie and the group uh, and they will get that information. Uh, what is the point of information for the consultant? Uh, for, for you guys, do you have that? Uh, the contact is, yeah. is Jamie. Okay. But yeah. we really do want everything going through One. The, yeah. the email here, and then that will be brought to Jamie. What we're going to do is we, we've set this up with our county email that it will be monitored and will be accessed. Again, obviously out of respect for Jamie and David, there are other projects. If it goes to B&L, you may get stuck in their icebox. It may get stuck in a spam folder different, you know, I'm not sure their security clearances, I know the county. Um, I will tell you this, if you have not sent anything and there is an authentication process, please do that. Because if your email is not authenticated, it will get sent to an icebox. We will have staff check that, that is another process, but just please be aware of that as we go forward as well, okay? Um, another question. At what point in this process will potential uses for the generated revenues by this be determined and how um, through these stakeholder interviews. One of the pieces that we already have and several members are here is the Chautauqua Lake and Watershed Management Alliance. There are projects already that come into the Management Alliance that are funded every year. There are projects that aren't funded. As Dave McCoy, our watershed coordinator can tell you, uh, we do not fund every project that comes before us. So the idea behind this is the projects that are coming to us now the hope is if there is extra funding or if the funding is more than what's we're that's needed now, then additional projects will be funded. But right now, one of the things people have to realize that about $800,000, actually less than $800,000 of that two to $3 million, and it varies on some years, is provided by not-for-profits that do not have any obligation to the lake are enormous foundations that are so graciously generous. And they have a lot of philanthropic needs and the lake is one of them. Okay, so again, that's where we're looking right now. Would it be nice to not have to rely on, um, you know, our foundations, be it the Linnae Foundation, the Sheldon Foundation, to, to looking to them and coming to them every, every year, community regional foundation saying we need more money from you and for us to be self-sustaining the lake users and or you know, the people that are directly affiliated with the lake or lakes be the ones um, to do that. We're focusing on Chautauqua Lake at this present time. 
focusing on Chautauqua Lake at the present time. Okay, so to answer those questions, you know, we do have uh, already uses that have been um, presented to the county, you know, through the Chautauqua Lake and Watershed Management Alliance. And should there be more opportunity for funding, then those projects will be funneled through the alliance as that is, and it goes back to the system that was set up because, not to give you the boring historical, but, you know, people have said, well, who do we know how, who has the best project? You know, people were, you know, going to the foundations at Wegmans. They were going to them when they're out shopping at church. We got the best project. We're going to talk about giving us more funding. So that's all been funneled through the alliance, and we're moving on from there. Uh, where would the revenue go? Uh, exit, you know, local or Albany? This is a local issue. With all respect, we do not want to send this to Albany. Now, that is, now I can't control that if for some reason the legislature said 5% has to go back to Albany. <clears throat> but I'm, my hope is that this will stay local. <clears throat> As Jamie and Dave could point, I don't think any one of the lakes within New York State said a portion of that goes back to Albany. Because Albany does collect money on your boat registration. And remember, we also have the state um, in the 2% and 3% occupancy tax funding. The remainder of that fund uh, goes to New York State. We get 2% and a total of 5% for the county, 3% for travel and tourism, 2% for lakes and waterways. So we all know Lake, the, the governor, I will say the governor, because it is not, I, I've learned early on when you say the state, it is not our elected officials. And I can tell you, both Senator Borello and Assemblyman Cadell fight feverishly and fiercely for every amount of funding we get for this lake. Okay, but my position is, yes, we need the state to step up, excuse me, we need the governor to step up, but I'd also like to be self-sustaining. Okay, just like your kids. You don't always want to rely on mom and dad to give you an allowance. We want to be able to do this ourselves. Um, the condition of the economy, 2019, 20, and 21. Uh, the price of gas. Obviously, um, the condition of our economy, if you're looking at overall, uh, yes, gas prices were much cheaper. Um, the economy was much, in a much better place in 2019 and 2020 in the midst of an eight-week shutdown globally and, more importantly, here in the United States we saw some of the highest returns in sales tax revenue that we've seen to date. Uh, so we have seen a shift. You know, we had a conversation today in my office where somebody said, well, you know, you know I, looking, I see fewer boats on a Sunday at Chautauqua Lake. Our sales tax revenue has not reflected that. But again, I don't know exactly how much sales tax revenue is generated from Chautauqua Lake, how much is generated from other areas. Um, but again, you know, the economy, Obviously, when it comes to gas prices, I, a completely different beast in 19, 20, and 21. Um, moving on. How could you possibly formulate a number without a boat census? Again, um, if we need to do a boat census, we need to do a boat census. We, are, we aren't ruling that out. And if you remember, we said we have not created any formulation now. And as we go through, if we see the first thing we need to do is a boat census, then you start that before you start the formulation process. You know, one of the things as we do this Going back to, it's already taking time to explain this, going back to um, some of the questions and concerns with the Lake District. You know, questions of transparency, were the right questions asked, were the right questions answered. We want to make sure we're doing this the right way. If you remember the very first meeting we had on this, I did not give a time frame as to when there would be a decision or anything along those lines. We want to take our time and make sure it's done right. If it means an extra couple of months to do a boat sentence, census, then we do take the time and do the boat census. 
my goal is to do this right and make sure it's done, you know, so we're not going to go back and say, wow, we, we should have done this, and it, it falls, okay? We want to make sure we're, we're following steps to do this right. Why wouldn't we find, find or fund out of this purpose is, is legal feasibility? Why are we wasting the taxpayers' money for a study with this company? Um, again, <clears throat> we're looking at the feasibility. We have an already, we had a contract with Bartlett and LeJudis that started the process for the lake maintenance, excuse me, the lake district, the taxing district. Uh, once that was abandoned, we then had the money allocated already with Bartlett and LeJudis. We felt this was a feasible way to do it. Um, so to address that, um, we don't feel it's a waste of taxpayer money. We're looking at this as a means of, um, you know, getting the bot to getting to the bottom of this. I do respect that comment that somebody made. I, I do respect that 100%. Um, but this is not another lake study. Okay, we're not studying the lake. Okay, we're, we're, fo we're focusing on those people that are using the lake. How much money is this study costing or was a grant used? There was not a grant used, I believe. How much was in this residual? Yeah. yeah. This, this, this product, yeah. 50000 $50,000. There was money left from the initial cost, again, going back to um, the taxing district for the lake that started prior to COVID. Um, and the remaining funds that were left over is what we used for this. 10000 boat at $50 a boat, 500000 That won't cut it. This is 2023, 500 grand doesn't pay for much. The boat fees would have to be higher or have more boats. You know, again, thank you, understandably correct. Um, you know, I've been talking to people that, you know, at the last meeting, you know, remember, we mentioned, is it $100, is it $200? You know, somebody said, hey, we had a family that didn't have two pennies to rub together, but somehow we had a boat. Now you're telling me I'm gonna have to pay $100 to put it on the lake, will that deter people? Well, we've questions have been brought to my attention. Will this deter people to take your boats off of Chautauqua Lake and put them on Lake Erie? Somebody said, "Why not? I've seen pontoon boats on Lake Erie. Those are all things we're looking at. Okay, so we're, we're going to turn over every stone. We're going to look at this. Uh, but again, is $500,000 going to touch this? No. But is this $500,000? We don't have to rely on one of our, our, our other foundations. And 500000 that could go for a foundation to fund something else other than the lake. I think that's feasible, right? Going back, we'll put this statement out there. Many people have said, why are the taxpayers, why are the people that live around the lake, which we have already pay high taxes because of being around the lake, why should they pay more taxes because we live on the lake? Arguments have said, well, they're the ones putting the phosphorus and the nitrogen in by fertilizing their lakes, well, their property. Well, not everybody does that. And the, lake, the, the property owners will say, well, what about the people that are out there on the lake? There are many more boats, in my opinion, have, haven't boated up until, you know, mid-2000s. There's a lot more boats I see on that lake on a Saturday or Sunday driving over the bridge than I've seen. And if you're an older person going back to the 50s or 60s, probably double or three times as many boats now that have been on the lake. So are, is all of that boat, boat usage causing issues? Obviously, if you live along the, the lake and somebody goes by and creates a bunch of turbulence and, and wakes going by your dock, you're not going to be a happy camper. So to you, the boat user is causing a disturbance. So it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a happy medium, not a happy medium. We understand both sides, really do. And we're listening to both sides. Stakeholders um, list missing 
the institution and shoreline owners. Again, thank you very much. Um, the institution has been part of this. Um, they will be another stakeholder. There are people that live on in the institution that have boats docked here. Yes. <clears throat> Why spring meeting or people are not here until June? Again, if you look, the, the information of coming the information coming back to would be to the county in spring. Um, again, we could set up a meeting if we realize that more people will be here in June, the county can set that up. Again, this isn't etched in stone. You know, there were proposals put up there. Again, again, flexible. I'm sure Jamie and David are saying, no, we put this down. We're going to be here in the spring and the spring only. We understand this is, we're listening for this feedback. What are the administrative costs, uh, administration costs of a boat user fee? Those are some things that we're considering as well. Who will be distributing those stickers? Should it be a sticker? Um, you know, we've talked to the sheriff's department. They wouldn't have an issue of uh, monitoring the lake when boats are out there. The idea would be if the sticker would be utilized, like you saw the one in Illinois, a bright orange sticker that would be placed adjacent to the registration sticker. That way, the sheriff's department, when they look with their binoculars, can see it. We talked to them early on before this. They don't see an issue with, with looking at and maintaining that but also administrative cost. I talked to a local person who has a, marina, uh, who has a marina. Give me 100 stickers, I'll put them on boats, I'll sell them myself. I have people that, obviously there are storage places that store boats off sites. You wanna put your boat back in the water? Yep, hey, putting it back in is $200, but another $50 for your boat fee, you're gonna have $250, that sticker will be on before your boat goes in the water. So we have had people reach out to us and say they will be helpful in helping administer that. And again, is there a portion of that? Is it a dollar, $2 per sticker? Again, that's just coming off the top of my head. We don't know. But those costs will also be determined in this study, you know, looking at the administrative costs. The referendum question. Uh, major boat users do not vote in Chautauqua County. Understandably, understandably. How many people feel this is going to be a perfect process? <laughs> no way. So I, I appreciate this question and understand that. And yes, that's something we realize. There are people that live out of the area. What was shocking to me, I saw a 38-foot boat driving through Boston Harbor this weekend. Guess where its registration was? Ohio. How did that boat get to Boston Harbor? You towed a 38-foot sport fishing boat? That's pretty good, but again, understandably so. Um, that blew my mind to see an Ohio boat <laughs> cruising through Boston Harbor. So we understand there are boaters that have boats here. They've been registered here. They stay here, but the people don't live here understand that um, again another question and, and an answer we'll be looking for have you determined an avenue revenue target associated with the boat user fee anybody pay attention to the and I don't mean to say this and I respect this question um, but we threw out a potential level of funding during the um, the district <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's, yeah, we gave, a, we gave a number, and that led to the demise of, of that district. So, again, we're not looking at a number now. We can tell you with confidence from the alliance, we're looking at about 2 dollars to $3 million of funding consistently every year. Excuse me, of funding needed annually. So, to, to me, if we could fund this ourselves, $2.5 million, that would be great. But, again, that's me personally. We have to look at logistically, is it possible, other other, uh, other uh you know, avenues at play as well. 
Other, other funding sources being investigated. Yes, we're looking at other funding sources. Right now, primarily, it's been through the county, it's been through the state and our foundations. That's our, that's our current funding source as we see it. My belief, as I've said this before, I would like to be self-sustaining to where Chautauqua County would provide and we would not have, or the residents, the people that use the facilities, the lakes, the boats, etc., would not be reliant on the generosity of people who contribute or families who have given trusts or our foundations who do a myriad of philanthropic work in this county to be supporting this lake. I am greatly appreciative, appreciative for everyone, but this is something, you know, I feel that, you know, if funding sources increase or the need for funding increases, will these foundations be able to continue these levels of funding? They have boards that have to vote on this. They have people that they have to answer to. So this is a, this is a big problem when it comes to funding. So we, we are understanding of all that. So yes, we are looking at, at other so funding sources. We have other sources currently. This uh, is an expansion of those other funding sources. Uh, that appears that boat owners will be paying for everyone who uses the lake, um, visitors, etc. Uh, as we've said, there are there will be charges for visitors as well. Again, how that system will be set up. For example, um, you know somebody said this, and we were I was, I was sitting around with some friends talking about the, the boat user fee. They said, "Well, how are you going to? What's the penalty going to be?" Okay, well, if the penalty is two hundred and fifty, let's say it's it's a two hundred dollars for your your sticker, you know, would you do $250? Why that? Well, then you're automatically paying for your sticker and you're fine, plus you have your court fees. Again, so, you know, we don't know, but, but this is, you know, looking for other people, again, everyone to be supportive. One of the positions as a member of the legislature, if you remember county residents who live here, there was a, um, a request to the state to increase our sales tax. Uh, from seven and a half to eight percent and the reason behind that for many of us and I can't speak for all but I can speak for myself and many who voted is Instead of taxing our residents Why don't we increase the sales tax so people who are coming here buying gasoline buying potato chips buying out buying beverages to go on their boat Enjoying their boat enjoying this area contributing to the success of our community If the lake is clean people are going to come back to a clean lake. We know that I've heard things in the last four years this lake doesn't clean up. I'm selling my property. I'm moving. I'm out. We've heard that multiple times. People say, I want to sell my boat. You know, the lake is good. Getting out of it. I'm selling my boat. Why, why bother? We're taking all these things into consideration. We don't want people to do that, and we understand that. Okay? So, again, um, you know, it appears th this question is really interesting because the boat owners, but the argument that many who were uh, talking about the property district, why should the property owners pay for the lake? I, for one, would have been in that, that, uh, that property district. I would have been paying for that. I'm about four blocks from the lake in Lakewood. But because of the boundary of being from 394 to the lake, um, I'm a solid half mile as the crow flies. Uh, but I, and again, differing opinions on everybody. You know, again, we know this isn't perfect and not everyone is gonna be happy with this. Um, so we need to you know, move forward and do what we feel is best. Uh, what was the genesis of this project? Who initiated it? Um, the genesis of the project uh, was for us to look at other sources. Um, I know I can tell you I, I was one that talked about it. Um, is there anybody else who'd like to raise their hand and say they've talked about boat user fees as well? There are people that I know I've talked to, but I don't want to throw them under the bus. 
I have Mike Latone as part of the alliance and CLP, Don Emhart. I can tell you, Don Emhart and I had this all solved in the, uh, the parking lot of McDonald's in Westfield about two years ago. Again, so this, there are more people. There, this isn't just the county executive or county executive Wendell on a, on a crusade. You know, when I do these things, I've talked to multiple people. So it's not only the county, the legislature, uh, excuse me, it's not only the county, we do have legislators here, uh, but there are people from the alliance. There are um, other elected officials. If you could, please, I don't mean to, how many elected officials do we have here in the audience tonight? Okay, so now we have legislators, we have town supervisors, um, we have others, I'll, I'll ask them if they'd like to be present um, and, and stand up. Um, what is it you want to fund? What is the cost? Uh, what if you own multiple vessels? So let's go back, what is it we want to fund? We want to fund the maintenance of Chautauqua Lake. Now that's a two-pronged approach firmly believe you cannot have this lake without multiple means to manage it. That means herbicides as well as harvesting. You know, there was a consensus today. We believe that's 100% factual. There are people that are oppositional. I understand and respect that 100%. But being ourselves and the DEC, uh, I'll take a step back. I don't want to speak for the DEC. For myself and people I've talked to, we need two forms of maintenance in this lake, uh, our herbicides and harvesting. Um, you know, what does it cost? Again, we said, you know, roughly between 2.5 and $3 million. Um, what if you own multiple vessels? As you saw in there, um, you know, that is something we would look at. We had somebody come and speak at the last one and said, if you're talking $100 a boat, I own five vessels. That's $500. Okay. Um, I heard comments from that afterwards. Um, People that own five boats, that, that's a significant investment, I understand. But again, one of the things I was looking at when we discussed this is obviously differing uh, costs for smaller boats, as you saw many of the lakes have. Sailboats would be a different cost as compared to a powerboat, understandably so. Um, if you've got you know, three or four boats, um, water ski boats, cruiser boats, sport fishing boat, that's a significant investment. You know, those, will be, uh, those things will be taken into consideration. Uh, but those are things that, if you have multiple vessels, would be multiple uh, permits. But again, we, you know, would there be a, a discount? Um, who knows? Um, why do we have to be the first to fund lake projects this way? What have we received for the million dollars we saw uh, given to the institute? Um, <clears throat> so the institutions. Um, project is looking at the harmful algal blooms, okay? The harmful algal bloom is a, is a situation, as we had said in our meeting today, it does, they're not looking at invasive weeds. They're not looking at weeds. They're looking at harmful algal blooms. Does anybody know how many cyanobacteria or toxins we have in Chautauqua Lake at any one given day? Over 27. 27 confirmed known um, t uh, harmful algal species. We have the most out of any lake in, in New York State, as we're told. So what Jefferson Project is doing is they're looking at the DNA and trying to break down and get an understanding of what causes those, can we predict them, can we prevent them. Those are all things that Jefferson is, is looking to study. So this is year three of an ongoing project in Chautauqua Lake. The end result from the Jefferson, Pro from the Jefferson Project is for them to create a smart lake model. Again, something for them to have in our tool belt 
as we've told you before, we're looking at funding through Senator Schumer's office, Gillibrand, and Congressman Langworthy. We have been declared, a, excuse me, an aquatic ecosystem restoration project lake. We're looking at funding for that. We're looking at the Army Corps to commit. The Army Corps has been very excited in the work thus far from the Jefferson Project. We feel the investment of the Jefferson Project and their science will better aid the Army Corps and move the process along should all of these things fall into place. The New START program come in, funding come in, and we start to move into really looking at long-term management of the lake. One of the things we haven't talked, but Jamie touched on it, was dredging. We got a cost for dredging in 2013? $16 million. Anybody believe the cost went down? No. But we know that dredging is the one thing that we have not engaged in in Chautauqua Lake in recent memory. If anybody remembers, I think they dredged the outlet. Okay. The widest part of Chautauqua Lake is nearly two miles, I'm told. The width of the outlet, 200 yards. That's putting a big pipe through a very small hole to get out of this lake. So again, one of the things we've looked at and we've noticed is Birdis Bay, if you look at a, at a topographical picture of, of the lake, the water flows from Lakewood, or excuse me, from Mayville rather, down through, and Birdis Bay is the last bay before it gets out to that outlet. Where do you think a lot of that sediment and weeds and stuff go? It goes to Birdis Bay, and it's something we've been focused on and, and watching for the last couple of years. Um, anecdotally, I'll take a few minutes if you just humor me right now. Anybody know what happens when you have a mild winter on Chautauqua Lake when it comes to weeds? <laughs> you get more, right? Ton more, right? Now we've had permits and we've had a reduction in the herbicide permits this year. So what should we be seeing in that lake right now? A whole lot of weeds. From what we're hearing, boaters, are you seeing it out there? We're not seeing a tremendous amount of weeds. We're not seeing what we saw in April and May in Chautauqua Lake. Those of you who live on the lake, again, give me some feedback. What we believe we saw was a mild winter Instead of curly leaf pondweed peaking at the end of June, we saw it peaking at the beginning of June, Memorial Day weekend. We're a month ahead. Can anybody explain it? Everyone who's part of this, that's been part of our alliance, that's been part of CLA or CLP, we're all scratching our heads. We use less road salt. We know road salt contributes to this. Is that, is that one of the solutions? We don't know. Again, it was a mild winter. By all intents and purposes, we should see more weeds. We're not seeing those. Now, pardon me, I don't want to see a big massive weed bloom in the next two weeks. But we are starting the end of our season here, folks. We, we know that. You know, Labor Day weekend, most people put the boats up and they're moving on. Um, but again, opportunities that also arise. You know, when we look at funding, are we able to fund our lake maintenance programs longer? Can we start in April and can we end those in, let's say, end of September, early October? Or if it's a good warm wet fall, which we've seen those Indian summers, can we fund this into October? Again, those are a lot of questions we have to answer, um, but we're taking our time with this. Anybody have anything else? Put you, Yes, go ahead. It was just a fluke that I'm here tonight to listen to this. And it's very good, I know. And uh, I heard from a neighbor about this 
Uh, I didn't read anything or hear anything on the news or whatever. Uh, do you think maybe for the second uh, uh, gathering we could have a more broader communication to the community about this event? We could. We put this in the paper, if I'm not mistaken. We had this on our county website for several times, several for a while now, exactly the date. So I will take that in consideration. But um, that was one of the criticisms we heard earlier this year uh, when we had our first meeting. I don't know if we had any more people tonight than we did before. And we did get the information out. Uh, we spoke about this for several weeks prior to this. But we will take that in consideration. I appreciate that. Thank you. Andy, I don't know if you wanted to speak. I don't want to put you on the spot. Did you have anything you want to say or comment on? Or? No, just listening. Okay, thank you very much. Again, I'm not saying it because he's here. I said it already. Andy and George, I apologize, Senator Brello and Assemblyman Goodell, fight for us feverishly. There are people that downstate that don't know. I can tell you this. Most people have no idea where Chautauqua County is. I was in a meeting with the mayor of New York City. His staff had to tell him, County Executive is closer to Columbus, Ohio, than he is to the capital of New York State by two miles. His eyes get big. He goes, he's a heck of a lot closer to Cleveland. As I'm told, people that have been here a long time, the Strunk Road, Strunk Road exit is the midway point between Chicago and New York City, if you were to travel both ways. Because in eight hours, you can hop in a car and go out to, to uh, Chicago as well. Again, trying to have some fun. I don't know. But... People don't realize we are the last county in New York State. Um, we're the only county that borders Pennsylvania on two sides. We have a lot of uniqueness here in Chautauqua County. I'm very proud of Yes. Speaking of which, if you watch TV, New York has commercials on places for tourism all over the state. And rarely do I see anything about Chautauqua Lake or the Chautauqua region. Uh, do you think anybody could speak up and What's that? County centers have several ads on combat safety before we all of them, but we have it on. Yeah. But I think the state should promote the area as well. And then, as you say, we are the furthest county, uh, you know, from Albany and from New York City. But we have, you know, no tourism really from that end of the state. It's all from Ohio and Pennsylvania, thankfully. Uh, uh, but I think we should be able to. People in Rochester, uh, very few are here. It's a big, you know, city, and uh, uh, could draw a lot of folks this way. But uh, they're they're Finger Lake people, and uh, to get them here is uh, they don't even know about us. Duly noted. I know we have meetings with our uh, CCVB, the Chautauqua County Visitors Bureau. We'll bring that point up to them as well. Thank you. Sure. Very appreciative. Anything else? Personally, thank you so much for taking your time. Um, we will be getting back to you. Jamie and David and our group will be informing you as, uh, as uh, the information comes in.